Hello, 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 and welcome to Courageously Kind. I'm Maddie. And I'm Liz. We're twin sisters and best friends. Together, we share stories of especially kind humans doing especially kind things in hopes that these conversations motivate and inspire you to be kinder to yourself and others. When we're not speaking with an incredible guest, we'll speak directly from our hearts about what it means to us to be courageously kind. This week, we had the absolute honor and pleasure of speaking with Penn and Moses Street from Ragged and Funny Stories on Instagram. These two are such wonderful, incredible, joyful, insightful, and funny people. We had such a great time recording this episode. We talked a lot about their incredible stories and the incredible work that they have done over the years, and we also talked about their involvement with a film called From My Window. This is a really incredible film about a young woman with cerebral palsy who defied all the odds and was able to summit a mountain in Colorado. It's honestly such an incredible, inspiring, moving film. We're going to link the film in the description of this episode. It'll also be linked in our Instagram as well, but please go watch that film. We talked to Penn and Moses about their involvement on the support team and what that was like climbing the mountain along with this young woman. So it's really incredible, really amazing. These these two are just some of the best people we've ever met and I cannot wait for you to hear this conversation. Thank you guys so much for being here. We're so excited to chat with you both. If you want to go ahead and introduce yourself so we can get started. Thanks for having me. I'm Penn Street and Moses Street. And we started Ragged and Funny um, because I I have a rare syndrome called Stevens-Johnson syndrome. And when I was nine years old, I was bit by a Western diamondback rattlesnake. And the between, they don't know what triggered the syndrome, if it was the anti-venom, the venom itself, or the plethora of medications they gave me to save my life. But it triggered the syndrome called Stevens-Johnson syndrome. And at that time, the fatality rate was about 75% for kids that that got it. But I was, I had seven older brothers and I was quite the tomboy. I was very, very strong. My, you know, I, I just had a really super strong attitude and system and beat the odds. And, but that it really did compromise all of my soft tissue in my body, which your body is made up mostly <laughs> of soft <laughs> tissue. Um, but the, the, the most obvious is my eyes. I'm totally blind in my right eye and then only have peripheral out of my left. But growing up, I really realized that the only way to get through life is if you see the sunny side as often as possible, be able to laugh at <laughs> you know, your mishaps and things like that, because it just makes life a lot easier. And then when I met this goofball 30 something <laughs> years ago, um, it's definitely, he, he even pushed me more outside my comfort zone and he, um, him and, um, his daughter Chantry, they, when they would travel, they used to sing that song, the ragged and funny song. And so we just sort of as a family kind of adopted that song and still sing it. And our, and our grandkids now sing it in the car. And so when COVID hit, um, like so many people around the world, uh, I lost my, my career, my job and my career 
and was feeling quite lost, like so many other people, which actually seemed to help, which seems kind of weird, mm -hmm. but it kind of helped like knowing I wasn't the only person, but we decided to buy a sprinter van and hit the road. And because of my work, I have met just some really amazing, incredible people um, that have different barriers in their lives. And so we just started calling them and we, um, you know, just more at the beginning, just kind of checking in on them to, you know, they were living all across the United States and just saying, hey, how are you doing? And, and of course, we would all end up laughing and, and stuff. Um, but then we, Moses and I both really liked listening to podcasts. And I said, you know, there's so many podcasts out there about like famous people, or maybe not necessarily famous people, but people who've done like incredible things like climb Mount Everest or, you know, sail around the world or, you know, or even Paralympians, things like that. But the quote normal, I hate that word, but quote, normal people, we have amazing stories too, but nobody ever gets to hear them. And people, I think people were really hungry um, for real stories about real people. And so we we had this idea, we really want to start this podcast. Um, and in the meantime, we were out traveling, taking pictures and things like that. And lo and behold, I got um, kind of scooped up by this amazing company in Colorado. And the first week they um, said, Penn, we want you to do a podcast for us. And so we, I ended up, we ended up not doing the actual podcast, uh, Ragged and Funny, um, because all my focus went in on work, but we still um, get to, you know, meet amazing people and we're still traveling quite a bit. And so Ragged and Funny is definitely still part of it. And, you know, we interviewed you guys last, last year and um, because we saw you on Instagram and Moses was like, Ben, check out these sisters and they're doing amazing things. And so we, um, I really, really wanted to meet you and huge fans and share share you guys with everybody we know and because we just we really think the world of you and I I, sh I shared this with you guys last time I saw you but you altered my entire world um I'm gonna cry um but <laughs> I finally made it out of the ICU um and was in I was still in the intensive care unit but I had my own room um they didn't think I was gonna die any second just any minute um I graduated to that. They um, they wanted me to sort of begin sitting up in bed and getting a little more active, and they pushed that little the little table over uh, by my bed. And uh, you know, I'm a I was a tomboy and very you know I just nothing was safe with me. I had to investigate, and so I figured out the um, the lid came up, which was cool. Yay! I found something cool. And, but when it came up and I, I had more vision then I, my vision was fuzzy, but not as bad as it is now. And I pulled up that and there was a big mirror in it and how I've told this stories. And I have told the story so many times it's been published. And I've told this story um, to audiences of thousands. And before I met you, I would always say there was a monster looking back at me in the mirror and I, I freaked out. I just absolutely freaked out. But after 
meeting the two of you and following you. And you really changed how I looked at that because now I think of that and how sad I am for that little girl who looked at herself in the mirror and saw a monster and didn't see just somebody who was going through uh, something awful and who was very, very ill. And um, like, I didn't have compassion for that little girl looking back at me. I, I saw a monster and I was afraid of her and that got branded in my brain to the point throughout my entire life. Almost every time I look in the mirror, I see the monster, but you guys totally changed that for me. And, um, sorry, I didn't mean to get emotional. You do this to me. Um, (laughs) but, or even, you know, when I met Moses, who's a photographer, um, you know, he really changed how I saw myself, but I still, that, that story was always, um, I saw a monster in the mirror versus until I met you. And it's like, no, I saw a little girl who had just been through a horrible trauma and was fighting for her life. It's totally different. (laughs) Um, so thank you for that. Yeah. And I, and I think you do that for um, so many people, people you may never get to see or hear from. I, I know you do that for them. I'm one of gazillions, I'm sure. Thank you so much for saying that. You have no idea what that means to us. It's so encouraging. It's so inspiring. It keeps us going. So thank you so much. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> and and hopefully to lighten it up a little bit <laughs> is, is uh, first, I'm, I'm Moses Penn's husband. <laughs> and I'm the reverse of the cliche, behind every great man is a strong woman. So it's behind every strong woman uh, or great woman is a a supportive husband. Yes. And what had a lot to do with that was for 25 years, Penn basically ran my studio and uh, and so supported me. And so then when digital was changing everything and we saw the writing on the wall and wait, we're not going to be able to make big money anymore. I thought, wait a minute, she supported me for 25 years. So I guess it's my turn to support her for 25 years. Uh, so, so that's basically my job now. <laughs> um, and then because of what Penn was talking about, the, the irony or, or sad thing, I was tremendously attracted to her because she didn't look like everybody okay and and to me uh, i even read a term for it with movie stars now uh chalamet who's in every movie this year he's been branded as a guy who's not good looking but Mm -hmm. still really sexy and cool uh and so that's that's how pen was for me was her different eyes i just thought that was the coolest thing ever and that's what made her beautiful and and yeah it it played a lot in showing her you know wait you are really good looking 
but then there that deep psychological thing that doesn't change overnight right. until how she just described it uh you got to have the wake up moment uh um so that's basically and then i guess it's because i still do it a little uh but like we were talking earlier my my whole career was uh experiential portrait photography mm -hmm. so that you used photography to create an event mm -hmm. and in that event it made the picture more interesting yeah. and then once i discovered why people photograph badly then it was like wait a minute oh and we were meeting lots of movie stars mm -hmm. and so movie stars they look like us okay in real life uh and and like working at the sundance film festival it was really hard to spot stars because they look like us uh and yeah and unless it's somebody that's unique looking like willem dafoe uh, uh and um well dustin hoffman a little just because he's so small uh, and he had yeah. huge hair when we met him. Uh, and um, so, so that was then my focus is, wait a minute, you relate more. Oh, they're just making it big on uh, about TikTok and, and Instagram now, how it's really hurting uh, teenagers. Uh, because oh, here's filters. all these people who have learned how to look breathtaking well, and with, they use filters. filters and makeup and all that kind of junk. Yeah. Um, and and nobody looks that good. Right. Um, well, a few people do, uh, but not, so. not too many. <laughs> uh, it's, it's extremely rare. Uh, and um, well, and the, just the definition of what beauty is and yeah it's so it's basically youth which right there well that was one i was going to bring up earlier is you are young because that is the gauge for beauty these days just by default you're good looking okay uh if you're under 20 you're good looking um, you got one more year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then, then it's, over. it's all. It's all. Then then it's all it's, it, oh, just brace yourself. The gray hair. <laughs> the <right person>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so, so that's a totally false thing. Yeah. Right. You know. Right. And I do think that people are trying to change that. You know, like yes, I've been. Time. You know, seeing like uh, I can't, I don't remember her name, but there's a woman on Instagram she's like in her 60s or 70s and she doesn't wear makeup she doesn't dye her hair or anything and she's like this fashion model yeah. um and i i think it takes uh you know people like us right mm -hmm. to say hey you know this is what real people look like and mm -hmm. we all look different and mm -hmm. you know god didn't make any i mean even identical twins aren't identical and it's like, why do you want to look like anybody? Like, it's not humanly possible right. to look like somebody else. And yeah. so why are we all trying to do that? Yeah. So one of the, the neat things that we got to do um, before I, or actually did, 
I don't know. I wasn't working yet. I was still unemployed. Um, when we did the hike with um, Melissa and they did the, they did the documentary and which is winning all kinds of awards. That's amazing. Um, As it so yeah. 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 Um, Melissa, I I've known Melissa for a number of years. Um, she, I, I was, when I was working for No Barriers, I got her a scholarship so she could come to the first summit that she attended. And, you know, it, it was just very, it was life-changing for her, which she shares in the documentary. Mm-hmm. And so when, <laughs> when they called, they called me um, and asked um, if I would come <coughs> and be on the support team for her mm-hmm. on the hike because Melissa knew me and, and they knew it was going to be really, really, really hard. And they're like, Penn, you're, you're, you know, cause I said, well, how high is the mountain? <laughs> like, <laughs> the mountain? I've been sitting around in my yoga pants, not doing yoga for, right. since COVID. Um, and they, they, you know, they said, oh, you're, you're going to be the cheerleader because you're so good at um, motivating people and Melissa loves you and blah, blah. okay <laughs> and then I said well you know I can't see so Moses has got to come um, and they said oh great because you know the more because I've I've helped people in wheelchairs get up mountains and it and it takes a team a, a rope team to get them up there and so I, I knew what we were in for um, and so right before um right before the hike I got pneumonia and um and I was like I'm not I'm not letting this keep me down but I didn't want to say anything because I really want to be on the hike um and so we went to the doctor and I got the inhaler and they're like okay you can't do any you can't exert yourself blah 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 and I was like oh okay and so we we went up and um it was just it was a beautiful fall as you can see in the in the movie um, but when we got there, they started like pairing people together, like, okay, Penn, you're with Skylar. So you guys, and they were going to rotate people out. And I was like, um, I was supposed to just be the cheerleader, <laughs> uh, but because of COVID, some of the people, I guess, couldn't come. And so I'm sitting, Moses is like looking at me like, are you going to be able to do this? I was like, I don't have a choice. <laughs> and, um, and I didn't want to say anything. Um, but we, we, it, it really was just an amazing, amazing experience. Melissa, it was the hardest thing she's ever done in her life. Um, but she's so brave and just so like, it's something she really, really, really wanted to do and nothing was going to keep it back. And it was hard. It was so hard they and and I know you can see part of that in the film but um being on the back end it was it was really really hard um pushing and pulling and Melissa just fighting for every inch especially up at the top it was so steep and so rocky the only reason I was able to get to the top was because it was because they were filming it so they they actually went really slow because they would be like you guys wait here and the film crew would like run up ahead so they could get us and I'd be like oh thank god (laughs) catch my breath um but it was it was so beautiful watching Melissa have this dream come true, but also it affected every single one of us that was on the hike. Uh, everybody was everybody. in tears. Yeah. 
because it, you know, we knew how hard she had worked on it, but it was also with COVID, we had all just, you know, a lot of us, most of us that were there had lost our jobs and were unemployed and <laughs> going through this huge transition. And, and then what was just, you know, we knew, like, even if the film had never gotten, you know, had never made it out of the can and it, it was still worth, like, we were, we all felt like we had accomplished something amazing. And so then when the, it start, started, kept getting picked up and picked up at all the film festivals and it's won all these awards. Um, every time um, she wins an award, um, you know, she calls, she calls us, Ben, guess what? <laughs> you know, and, um, she's just, it really was life changing for her and, and really brought her out of her shell because of her cerebral palsy. She never felt confident enough to to speak in person um, at events or, or even to do a zoom interview, you know, you really, she was pretty shy and um, you know, she had been bullied growing up. She lives in a very, very tiny mountain town here in Colorado and was bullied by other kids. Like, like a lot of us were. And so she just, she didn't have a lot of self-confidence. So, and now it's like, she is totally fine. Let me up on the stage. Give me the mic, you know? And um, so she, it really was life changing for her. Um, and, and I'm excited to see what, what she does next. You know, she's been talking with Eric Wyamere about, she wants to kayak. And so they're, they're trying to figure out an adaptive, you know, kayak so she can do that. And, um, but yeah, every time we're um, anywhere near her, little town up in up in way 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 up in the mountains um we we always stop and you know we go get ice cream or we go out to dinner a few times so yeah, yeah she's she's amazing. amazing we we all wanted to because the mountain we climbed actually didn't have a name um and so we've actually <laughs> tried to get them to call it mount melissa but you they i know but they won't name it after her until after she dies isn't that weird? Why can't we like, enjoy it while she's alive? Why can't she enjoy it while she's alive? I know. That's so we I'm... all call it Mount Melissa. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So, well, and, and, and one of the things, too, you remember the part in the movie where uh, Eric and who's his pal, Jeff. and Jeff and uh, it turns funny because they go, oh, we were going to we had this whole thing to talk you into going to the top. Uh, if you remember that part. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they got it on film and just edited it or they didn't get it. But the reason they were having that talk is uh, Melissa really had hit the wall. Yeah. She was exhausted and and emotional and and didn't think she was going to be i mean if, if you saw her you're just sitting there going she cannot possibly make it this last uh what, it was, about 300 um, yards or oh i think it was well it felt further than that i yeah. mean it was the and it was the steepest and everybody well everybody part. was tired and there was no air for anybody so it was a shock to everybody uh, at that point when they start talking to her. They go, well, what are you going to do? Yeah. And she just, that's, oh, that's the part that's getting yeah. me. But yeah, it was, it was an incredible experience. And I'm 
so happy that we we got to be part of it. Um, yeah, we got to go to the when it um, premiered at the Telluride Film Festival. Mm-hmm. We got to go up and and that was fun because you know they did. We felt a little bit like superstars because right. it was great and and that was one you know definitely something I miss about working at No Barriers. Mm-hmm. Um, is that interaction with just these incredible superhumans that uh, that I got to be part of? But I mean, I'm still, you know, we're all still friends, and um, it's it's pretty cool. So we're doing this new thing where every time we have a guest on, we're asking them to share a kindness story with us. Now that story you just shared was such a beautiful example of courage and of kindness but are there any other stories that come to mind um could be something where someone was kind to you or you did something kind for others just a kindness story that you'd like to share well nobody's ever kind to me yeah Uh, because if if you knew me i know kindness stories that he's done so i could i can rat you out Oh, I I guess I could do that. Like so, when like when we lived in Estes Park, there was um, a home for like runaway teens that they could. It was sort of like a halfway house that they could come that, that they had been yeah they had been abused and um, were really trying to get their life back on track in a safe place and and kind of ignite that spark in them to go on to live the life that they want and. Um, they were, you know, they were teenagers. And so of course, when it came time for them to graduate high school, all the other kids were having their senior pictures done. And, um, and of course, these kids couldn't afford it. And it was a nonprofit running it. And so, mm-hmm. so they reached, you know, they reached out to the local photographers and I, I guess they didn't call us right away because they thought, well, Moses is so expensive. He's so well known. There's no way he'd do it. But the other photographers wouldn't do it because they were busy or whatever. And so we went, but they called us and um, of course Moses jumped on it and did all of, all of them and for free. And, and so that they had, you know, senior yeah. portraits like that, that are so important, you know, to, to all of us. So see, so you, you are kind. <laughs> oh, and there's, there's lots of them like that. He, yeah. he, he's, yeah. he's very generous. He just, I, which is kind of a neat thing about him, though, is that when he does something like that, he doesn't think of that as an act of kindness. It's just, well, of course I would do that. Yeah, get help people. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, going along with the photography. Uh, yeah, because part of part of the reason I was so excited to help the kids was I had when that whole photo therapy came out of like, I'm the guy that invented the glamor portrait for the everyday person. Mm-hmm. And so a really, well, at the time it, it actually scared me, but everybody I photographed went out and changed their life dramatically. And, and once they realized they were good looking, and then to put it a little deeper than that, you have a you have the face that shows up in photos that you of course hate, but you also you have a face that you actually like. Okay, no matter who you are, and so once you find that face that the person loves, and then you can show them how to do that face, and, or get into the 
mental emotional state that creates that. Um, but everybody I was photographing uh, went out and made a major career change for the better. And yeah, and that was pretty scary. And so here I've invented that, wait a minute, you don't have to be a movie star to look good because you look as good as any movie star on the screen. And, and uh, if you knew what they knew, you could look good. And, and so it was, um, um, so you'd think, you know, the glam, well, the glamour thing when it went national was horrible, but, but that was what it was. Oh, I can look beautiful. But what was more important was that once you realized you had a face you liked, um, you would, it's a huge ego boost, positive ego boost. So you walk in, so, so it's, um, and so then people started coming to me kind of like to get saved. Uh, yeah. And, and then there's a lot more to it, but back to the girls, um, it was a case that, I wanted to see that, well, if I was doing that for real, you know, trying to help somebody, and it was always helping people to me, but, but, um, and all those kids, it did make a noticeable jump. Yeah. Which, which was pretty exciting. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. And my life is just full of people being kind to me and um, like, I wouldn't be who I am today. So it, it would, I mean, it would just be, I mean, I could sit here all day and talk about people yeah. being kind to me. Um, but it's, I mean, I, I don't even know if I could like, I mean, it was, it was a few, I have, um, it's called a scleral lens in my good quote, good eye. <laughs> not great, but it's not, it's the better of the two. Um, and it's called a scleral lens. It's a, it's a huge contact lens that sits on the scleral of the eye. And um, I, because of Stevens Down syndrome, I don't have moisture in there. And, and, um, because it affected all the soft tissue, my, my eyelids are like sandpaper and I've had a gazillion surgeries to try to fix that. And so it came time where I needed a new, a new lens and, um, my, my insurance, their work had, had changed and it was only going to cover and they're, they're super expensive, of course, right. Anything that super helps us is expensive. Um, it's like a $5,000 um, lens. And so when I went to get the new lens and my insurance had changed, it wasn't going to cover like maybe 10% of it. And I, but it's something like, I can't function without it. Like it's, it's so painful when I don't have it in. Um, and I, I'm a lion. I, I'm, of, I'm in the lion's club and, um, and that's just been part of my adult adult because they had helped me so much talk about kindness they were there for my family when I got home from the hospital and have been amazing to me um and so I was supposed to go to the meeting that day and my the, the amazing woman Judy who who usually came by and got me I called her and I said I I can't come to the meeting today and and she's like Pen, what's wrong because I'm normally bubbly yeah. <laughs> and she could tell yeah. something so I, so I told her I said you know I just got this news and I I need to take some time to figure out where in the heck I'm going to get this money mm -hmm. and she goes oh I, you know I understand and everything and I was like okay you know but please tell everybody I said hi and mm -hmm. I'll see them next week 
so a couple hours go by and there's a knock on the door and it's, and it's Judy. And I thought, oh, well, she's probably just coming by check on me. And she comes in and she hands me like this huge stack of, of dollar bills and twenties and there's checks in there. And, and she hands it to me and she said, um, you know, I told the club what was, I'm going to cry again, damn it. Um, she told the club um, what what was going on. And um, and in Lions Club, um, they, they, they pass the hat um, when something like this happens. And I have been in plenty of meetings where they pass the hat and I emptied out my wallet in there um, for the different classes. And um, so they had not only covered what the insurance wasn't going to cover, but they had extra in there just in case. Cause they didn't, you know, just in cause I had to have come up with what the, for the insurance and then the insurance would reimburse me. So it was, it was just, yeah. And of course I'm still lying. Cause <laughs> you know, <laughs> what a beautiful story. It just makes me feel all warm and fuzzy and, you guys have that energy to you. You do. <laughs> and if our listeners want more warm and fuzzy, ragged and funny stories, where can they find you on social media and all that good stuff? Yeah. So on Instagram, it's ragged and funny stories. Um, that's probably the easiest. It has our other our other social medias on there too. Perfect. You know, if you want to listen to my podcast, um, it's mm-hmm. After Sight. Um, it's all one word. Um, and it's, yeah, if that would be great. And it's on all the podcast platforms. So. Yeah. At the, at the moment. Yeah. It would be Penn's, uh, podcast, but on ragged and funny, we were debating back and forth how to do it. So at the minute ragged, ragged partially and because stories. we know, partially because we know that, um, Penn and I, uh how would you put it our relationship is probably the number one thing in our life okay mm-hmm. to have a good relationship so mm-hmm. that um kind of like they say that in a relationship uh you're going to go through things that could break you up mm-hmm. okay and that if you can make it through four of those then you become almost bulletproof well mm-hmm. Penn and I have been through way more than four. Uh, <laughs> and, and so our relationship is everything. And, and um, so ragged and funny is kind of a play on, we just like being together all the time. We like doing things together. And so then the things that we do uh, when we're supporting each other. Yeah. So the, the photos and the videos and and then videos of, um, well, if I could jump in and you can edit this if you want. But, <laughs> but I, it, I want to talk about this. Yeah, because it was a case of my prejudice on visual mm-hmm. uh, is, I think it's Lauren. Um, oh, yes. And so when I met her, tiny, tiny she's probably the size of a six-year-old had palsy cerebral palsy cerebral palsy confined to a wheelchair 
she eventually got uh, what Stephen Hawking's had so she could talk and write. Yes. And and that kind of thing. Yeah. So the first thing that just super grabbed me about her is because you you don't have control of your movements and your the facial expressions and that kind of thing. But I'm looking at this kid and she had to be mid 20s. Mm-hmm. And 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 I'm thinking she is breathtakingly beautiful. And but you don't see it because she's just constantly in motion. Yeah. And and uh but then I was doing the whole stupid thing that you guys are well aware of, you know, mm-hmm. sympathy and oh mm-hmm. this poor kid. And, and if Lauren could have smacked him, she would have. Yeah, and she would have. <laughs> and so here I was being all sympathetic. And so Penn was doing something with her at, at some meeting. Yeah. Well, it turns out that uh, she owns two businesses and runs them. Wow. And I'm sitting there going, what? <laughs> <laughs> I've been such an idiot. <laughs> oh yeah but people can do anything they they want if they have accessibility which we've talked about you know oh and that was leading into so a lot of what you see on uh ragged and funny Mm -hmm. is uh showing me because i do things that i'm supposed to be far too old to (laughs) do like skateboard uh and ski and and all that kind of stuff and um, and then Penn, of course, does everything that you're not supposed to be able to do. Uh, and and so it shows us doing those kind of things. Awesome. Yeah. And kind of like you guys, you know, just trying to show the best of humans yeah. Um, yeah. and hope it sticks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we're on we're on TikTok, too. Ragged and funny um, on TikTok. A huge, huge, huge thank you to Penn and Moses Street from Ragged and Funny Stories for joining us today. Um, Go follow them on social media and check out that film that we talked about earlier. It'll be linked in the description as well as in our Instagram. We'd like to give a huge thank you to Anna Waltz Landscape Contracting for their support of Courageously Kind. Anna Waltz is a family-owned landscape contracting company in Berks County that has served Pennsylvania for over 35 years. If you're ready to get your landscaping project started, visit AnnaWaltzLandscape.com or call 610-916-7070. Anna Waltz Landscape Contracting, beautifying Pennsylvania one yard at a time. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this episode, feel free to share it with your friends, your family, or anyone you think might like it too. And if you want to support the show, leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It really does help. Or check out our merch store at CourageouslyKind.org. Take good care, and we'll see you back here real soon.